In this podcast, Pamela Barty, a Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur and developer of a $100 million real estate empire, will share her inspiring underdog comeback story. And along with those of her guests, she'll share how you too, as an underdog, can rise up and succeed against all odds. Here's your host, Pamela Barty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Underdog. Today, I have an incredible guest here with me. Mimi, how are you? Hello. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm amazing. Thank you so much. Really excited to be speaking with you this evening. I'm so excited to have you here. It is such an honor. Your energy is infectious. Your story is unbelievable. And you're just a remarkable woman, like coach. You're an author. I mean, you're just all over the place in the most beautiful ways. So I'm going to start you off with my favorite question. One of, <laughs> one of them, one of them, which is what inspired you on your journey to where you are today, Mimi? I think what inspired me today is more about sort of like, you know, when we're born, we've, we've got so many beliefs that we're instilled in. And for me now, it's breaking down those myths, breaking down that belief system that we've been taught since, since we were young children and really educating and teaching people that, you know, not all that we've been taught is the truth. And we actually create the truth for ourselves. You know, we create our own lives. And so for me, I'm on a personal mission to really sort of like to transform people's lives, to, to teach them a new way of thinking, a new way of being so that they can start living the life that they actually want to live. So I think that's really important for me. It's my personal mission. So Mimi, that's amazing. What did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, when I was a child, I wanted to be an air hostess. <laughs> an air hostess or a mother. I always wanted to be a mother. I love nurturing. And uh, that dream came true because I had two amazing sons. So one's 30, well, 29 and uh, 39. But they're two amazing children. So that dream came true. The air stewardess never did. So maybe later on in, in, in a later life. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, Mimi. And now in your world, so wanting to help and nurture, how did that sort of come about? What sparked that passion in you? I think since I was a young child, I always used to have a vision since I was about six. I used to have these dreams and uh, this dreams was always about like, um, I don't know, it was a weird one, but it was just eliminating pain and suffering from humanity. I always used to have the same dream as a child. And I just always knew that I wanted to do something amazing in the world. I wanted to go out there and um, make an impact in the world, even at that young age. So nurturing was just something that I used to love doing. So, you know, I used to play with my dolls and things like that. And I used to love taking care of them and nurturing them and looking after them. But there was always a bigger mission behind that growing up, from, like I said, from a very young age. That's incredible. And was there any influences in your life that sort of sparked this? Any Any mentors that you had early on as a kid that no, nothing. Um, just I used to go to church a lot when I was younger, and uh, apparently, like every single time, the the minister used to say, "Who like who wants to come down and give blessings?" I'd be up, even at the age of five, and I'd trundle down to the uh, to the front of the pulpit, and I'd sit on a chair higher than the priest, and I'd give blessings to everybody that was sitting in there. So <laughs> it was just I think it was a calling from a very young age. I always wanted. I remember I always wanted to be a nun from a very young age. I always loved to be in communion and loved that whole piece of being one with like that, that peace. Even though I didn't know at that time what it was, 
I love that sort of going within myself and having that deep connection you know, with, with God or with, with uh, source energy or whatever. I, just, I had that from a very young age. That's fantastic. So now shifting into sort of your, your teenage years, how did you sort of carry on that, that passion? Cause it seems like you've had it since you were a child, which is amazing. Yeah. Well, I think sort of growing up, I had a lot of adversity. So, so sort of like I grew up in a home that was very strict um, my mother, obviously, her mother died when she was a young child and um, she was put raised with the nuns who done some awful things to her. She used to wet the bed at a young age and they used to punish her severely. So growing up, my mom, obviously, they don't know. They can only teach you what they were taught as a child. So I had a lot of fear put into me as a child. I used to wet the bed every day. So I used to be severely punished for that. And the household was very regimented. And we was also told that, you know, growing up that our only job was to be subservient to men. So we were to be seen and not heard. And so we grew up a very fearful sort of like existence. And so even though a lot of things happened to me sort of sort of through my childhood, I always had an amazing compassion. So I could always understand why people done the things they done or why they felt the way they did. So that was something I carried on throughout my whole life. The problem started really was when I left home. And then I started having relationships. I then carried on repeating that same pattern. So the pattern of feeling unworthy or not feeling good enough, I attracted men that obviously just mirrored the way I was thinking and feeling. But still at the same time, I still understood why they were being abusive or why they were treating me the way they did. So it was a bit of a strange scenario. Thank you so much for sharing that, Mimi. And I mean, a lot of parallels um, in our worlds, I would say growing up so i'm from albania i was born in albania tirana and it's like that was the the culture it was like the man is the head of the household you are to sit down and listen and this was just societal culture i mean my dad was always like f that pim you're not doing that you know like he's like he's like you're not you know you the man will need you you don't need him like he was always like feeding me these affirmations as a kid but all around you is society i mean a lot of it still is that way Right. Yeah, I mean, now women are rising up in yeah, incredibly, but that's what yeah. it was for a very, very long time and still yeah. is in many parts of the world. Definitely. You know? Yeah. And I think people don't understand it's those seeds. So whatever you've been implanted in, in your mind from a young child. So, I mean, every day I was told I was a waste of time. I was useless. I would never be nothing. So you've got that constantly sort of like embedded inside of you. Then you attract people, which you don't know at the time, that just keep repeating that, that belief system to you. Because if you believe something to be true, then the universe has to bring you the people and the situations to match what is, you know, what you're believing inside of yourself even though you don't realize it at that time that that's what's happening so you go throughout your whole life attracting the same people the same experiences because that's what you're outputting constantly yes and that's the thing is our energy our, our frequency if you're on a lower frequency vibration and you have these thought processes and you're kind of living life just passing by yeah you'll get caught in these energy patterns that you never even know existed yeah and most people because they are subconscious to a degree we have no idea what's running us so for me if there was like five thousand men in a room i would pick the one man that would reject me so i would pick him in i would hone in on him because i knew that he would make me feel unworthy 
And it, so basically I pick, you pick people that mirror how you feel inside of yourself, even what comes out of their mouth. They are only reflecting how you feel about yourself also. So like you said, but that's something that you have to learn. At that time, I had no comprehension of why I keep repeating the same old life patterns. So Right. And isn't it crazy how how it will just continue and continue and continue yeah, yeah. you make you're just like I'm sick of this ish <laughs> like let's yeah. go it's, so, it's so true yeah it's different faces different places same life experiences and most people I still work with people now that are in their 80s and they're still carrying on the same pattern because you don't know you don't know what you don't know you know you just think that's just normal way of living I didn't know people used to say to me you know what is wrong with you and I'd be like, what do you mean? Well, why would you let somebody lock you up? I mean, I used to be locked in a, in a little tiny cupboard with a baby's potty because I was too disgusting to be seen. And like, if I ever did, if I was ever out and I used to tell somebody certain things, I'd be like, wow, what is wrong with you? And I think that I was mad because I'd be like, well, what's wrong with you? Because that was my normality. So I didn't know any different. So it's when you're living a certain lifestyle, you don't know any different. That's because that has become your, like you said, it's become your normality for you. So which is crazy. And you had mentioned, so this continued, this pattern continued for you for years. The majority, yeah. yeah, the majority of my life. I mean, I would always meet people that I was very subservient to. I was never allowed to have a voice, really. I was told what I was allowed to do, when I could do it. Uh, what money I could have, what money I couldn't have, if I could have a bank account or not, if I could drive, if I couldn't drive, what clothes I had to wear. And I used to have to sort of like, you know, nothing was, I, I never had any say in my life at all. Like I said, it was like, you know, not even when somebody was speaking to me, I used to have to look down. And if I looked at them, it was, it was just ridiculous. And looking back now, you, you sometimes I think to myself, you know, God, where was your mind? You know, where, how could your mindset be so, excuse the language, but so effed that you even had that thought process going through your head where you're too afraid to look up at someone when they spoke? I mean, I remember once getting dressed to go out and um, I remember getting in the car to go out with him and he looked at me so disgustingly and he said, I would never be seen dead with someone like you. It made me go back indoors and I had to sit on the floor facing the wall because I was too disgusting to be looked at. And now I think to myself, oh, my God, like, where was you? You know, what was the thought process going through your head? But at the time, that was acceptable because I didn't know any different. So, you know, now when I work with people, I can really understand them because I've been there. You know, I tried to commit suicide a few times because at that time, I didn't know any other way of changing myself. And I couldn't understand why I kept repeating a similar life pattern that was never changing. So, you know, sometimes like, like you said, you don't know what you don't know. So that's why people get stuck and they go to therapy for years and years and years and nothing changes because all you're talking about is the same stuff every single day. So, you know, when you talk about the stuff that you've lived, you can't, you can't change because you're just reliving it all the time. Right. Mimi, thank you so much for sharing that. It's not an easy road and it's also not an easy road to kind of realize that you're in this pattern. Like what sparked the change in you? Like you had mentioned, like you didn't want to be here. 
a few times. Yeah, we weren't sure. I, how I, to change. Yeah, I remember like, it was a very it was a very specific moment for me. So I I even remember the time. I mean, it just goes to show you subconsciously where how you do things. Because I went I drove to a hospital, so that obviously proved that I didn't really want to die because I sat in a hospital car park, <laughs> and um, I was going to actually cut my wrist. And it sounds so weak now when you think about it, but at that time I just thought I couldn't be a mother to my two sons because I was I had a mentality of an eight-year-old so I thought I didn't even know how to look after these children I hadn't had the ability like I said I didn't know how to earn money I didn't know how to do anything so I remember I sat in the car and I was about to cut my wrist and my son at the time he was very intuitive and um, he called me and I wasn't going to pick the phone up and um, I thought I'd just pick the phone up to him and I said to him hey and he said mom I don't know what you're where you are I don't know what you're about to do but please come home. I promise you everything will change. And in that moment, when I put the phone down, I just realized that, I don't know, something just completely snapped in my head. And I realized that there is a way and I just had to find a different way. So that was my whole life changed from that moment onwards after that. So. Wow. And he called you right at that moment. Right at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Right at that moment. And I had a lot of things going on before that. So I used to have a lot of, um, a lot of uh, visions a lot of things would happen to me that would be like, I don't say divine intervention, but a lot of things were happening. But I wasn't picking up the signs at that time because mm-hmm. I was too engrossed in my own problems. I was too engrossed in poor me. Why is this keep happening to me? Like, what am I doing wrong? And that was my whole mindset. It wasn't until I realized and then I really went on a quest then to really find out about how my mind and body were working. Because I've been to so many therapists. And I tried so many different things. I, you know, I trained in hypnotherapy. I trained in life coaching, Reiki, NLP. I tried, I trained in everything to help myself, but nothing was really working. It would be like, you'd feel good for an hour, two hours. You'd talk to someone and you'd come out and you'd feel great, but it was no lasting change. So I really wanted to know, like, how does our mind, how does this machine work? And how is our body connected to this? So what is the signals? What is, what's happening that you can really get in and make those permanent changes inside of yourself. That's incredible. So after that, how did your quest begin after you, you know, that shift happened after your son called Like, What was the process like? Because this is the type of thing that I get asked about all the time. And it's like, how do you realize that you're in these patterns? And then how do you break out of them and find your way out from previous habits and thought processes? Yeah, well, for me, it was like a it's like a jigsaw puzzle. I think unless you decide, you have to make a decision that you want to change. Because if you don't, nothing will ever change. So you have to first make that decision. And as soon as you make that decision, then people, places, and things will start coming to you because you're looking for those you know looking for those answers. But the first step, I I definitely think, is awareness. You definitely have to become aware of who you are and your patterns and how you're thinking, how you're feeling, your habits and your behaviors. Because when you can start looking at yourself, then you can start seeing your program, the programs that are running you, and then you can change them, you can interrupt them, and you can put their new programs of where you're going and who you now want to become. So I think that the first step is definitely awareness. And then after the awareness, 
how do you create kind of that blueprint of change? <laughs> Is it like, how, what was it like for you? Because I can imagine years and years and years of the subconscious thinking and this thought process. Yeah. I mean, that digs pretty deep, you know, but yeah. what was your journey like through that? And it was hard. Don't get me wrong. And it's hard. And, and every day is still the same. And I still have fragments of the old me in there. But now what happens is, it's like I've learned to master myself. So now it's like going to the gym. You don't get a six or an eight pack in one go. It takes time. It takes repetition and it takes dedication. So for me now, I'm so aware of myself that now I can notice if I get triggered, if there's something that triggers me or all, I get that little feeling. I know that it's a feeling from the past. So I can center myself. I can stay in the now and I can just let it go. And then I focus on where I'm going. That, like you said, that is practice. You have, that's what I teach people is self-mastery. Learning to master yourself, master your thoughts and master your emotions. Because once you've got that, then you become resilient to anything that's happening outside of you. And then you you can become the creator of your life rather than the regurgitator and constantly responding to everything that's happening outside of yourself. Right. And what would be your recommendation on, because I would imagine that part of the journey is release, release work. Yeah, definitely. It's, do you know what it's, it's like, it's, it's letting go. It's not about, really, it's not really about learning anything. It's about letting go. But I think if you don't have the foundation of who you are, then you're never going to be able to really understand anything about life because you're always going to be building on a foundation that's not solid. So I think, you know, for me, I like to take people back to the beginning of who we actually are because when we're born, we're born whole and complete. And it's only through our life experiences, through what our parents have told us, through through teachers, through personal life experiences, that we create these beliefs, we create these stories. And then this whole perception of life is what controls every single thing about us. We have to remember we're energy beings, we're just a vibration. So whatever vibration we're putting out, law of attraction, is is mirroring us, it's bringing us back what we expect. So, you know, until we have that foundation, of who we are, then you can understand that anything that's man-made is that, that comes from our life experiences. But really, we're spiritual beings. So anything that feels good, anything that feels whole, anything that feels complete, you know, you know yourself that when you feel depressed or angry, it doesn't feel good because it's not who we are. It's not part of us. So anything that makes you feel happy and joyful, it's, it makes you feel great because that's who we truly are. So it's about, you know, it's about having that divide. And I like to teach people like that's the old and the new, you know, so it's about letting go of the old and creating the new. But like you said, it's a practice and it takes time and you do have to have people around you that can really support you because you're going to go through some really dark times and your mind and your body like a wild horse is going to continuously keep trying to bring you back, bring you back. Like this is who you are and you have to keep breaking that pattern. And that's the hardest part, breaking that pattern. Yeah. What kept you motivated to break that pattern? And what was that transition like for you? Because I know once you got there, it was like you hit the ground running. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still not where I want to be. But for me, you know, I realized that, you know, we only have one life to live. That's it. And we don't know how long that life is. So why do I want to live a life in misery and sorrow, reflecting on 
anything that ever happened in the past, everything that happened to me, I look at as a lesson. So what did it teach me? What did it teach me about myself? What did it teach me about relationships? That it taught me that I want to be loved and adored. Adored, sorry, adored. Um, it taught me that um, I want to find myself, I want to be happy with who I am. So each, you know, for me, I don't so much set goals. I set more at the end of each year about who I want to become at the end of each year. So this year I've accomplished X, Y, and Z. Next year, I want to even better myself. So for me, at the end of my life, I want to look back and think, do you know what? I'm so proud of myself because I've achieved everything that I wanted to achieve for myself. We're born to have a joyful life experience. We're here to be happy. So, and we're, we're brought up in such a negative world. So we really have to, like you said, have a clear vision of what we want and where we want to go and, and make it fun. Because we, we, I think we're so obsessed with, like you said, money and all the things that aren't really that important. But money comes along to you when you're happy, you know. So, um, yeah, for me now, it's about being consistent and just living my life that I wanted. I choose to live and being happy every single day because you're a long time dead. So. Uh, it's amazing, Mimi. Well, it's crazy, though, like, because a lot of people think that money answers all the happiness questions, like it checks off all the boxes. And that couldn't be further from the truth. I know people who are so crazy rich and they are so crazy miserable. Like it yeah. just, you know, like it does not equate that, but it's almost like the superficial layer of like, yeah. well, if you have this, then you'll be happy. Oh, if yeah. you have this, you know, it's our consumer world, right? But really what matters is what's happening deep within us. Yeah. And you can have it all, you know, we think, oh, if you're a spiritual being, you can't have money. It's rubbish. You know, but I work with so many millionaires and billionaires I work with. And you know what? Every single time they've made their money, now all they're doing is going climbing Kilimanjaro and stuff. Because what they what they've done is you have to have a balance in life. You know, they pursue money, but then their relationships break down and then they have no relationships with their children or then they have ill health. So it's about a balance, you know, it's like, like you said, we have an illusion that if we have the money, then we can buy the Ferrari, we can have a big house and then we're going to be happy. That doesn't, that just makes you empty and lonely in a big house. So you have to have an equal balance in life, you know, so you've got to have a balance. 100% Mimi, I love that everything that you're saying. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I know, I mean, you've had quite a journey. I mean, my God, from going to where you were to being this outstanding role model, kicking oh, butt out you. there, <laughs> like just transforming lives and all of that. I mean, and you've written a book that was a bestseller. Tell us a little bit about that and your journey in writing that and a little bit of yeah. a story there. Yeah, I, I wrote the book, The, um, the Answer Is You. <laughs> and the reason I wrote it, I mean, I wanted a real uh, keep it simple, stupid book. Because there's so many books out there and they talk about, you know, um, they go too deep about the mind and, you know, all about the, the different aspects of everything. But I just wanted to write a book that people could understand. But, you know, when you that how your thoughts and your emotions create everything. And, you know, and the formula for me, the formula for life. So I wrote that little book so that any person could pick it up and really get an understanding about how, who you are and how you work in life. And um, for me as well, like, you know, I really, I'm passionate about re-educating people because, you know, I think we're so blindfolded. We're just hypnotized by the things that we're taught, but we never question who makes this stuff up? Who says that we can't heal our body? Who says that? Because we, we, we look at everything with our senses. So for instance, like, you know, 
if you have cancer, you know, then then you look at, well, everybody else is dying of cancer. So that must be the natural progress. But it's not. You know, cancer or illnesses live inside of us. But we can change and repair anything that happens to us. All of a belief system. And I just really want to educate people that don't believe everything you're told. You know, I had cysts. I had tumours. I was bulimic for 10 years because I, after I left abusive relationships, I abused myself for years. But I healed my own body. And I've done that with mirror work. So mirror work's really, really powerful. And I work with other people that have had cancer, Parkinson's. I know the people that are going to heal and I know the ones that are going to die. I know it sounds awful because it's what you tell yourself. You know, it's as simple as that. Your mind is very, very powerful and it can either make you or break you. It can either work for you or work against you. So, yeah, I'm on a mission now to uh, to educate <laughs> and to self-empower people. That's so incredible. That's so incredible. So maybe I've never heard of mirror work. What exactly is that? Mirror work is so, so powerful. So I remember years ago, I, I read in the Bible about, um, there was a guy who was disabled and he read in the Bible that obviously creation is tr- complete. You know, whatever you ask for is already complete. It's already made. It's, it's created. So if you ask, if you want five million pounds, if you want to, be healed. As soon as you ask for it, it's it's completed. The only thing that stops us is ourself, is the resistance, is our own belief system that stops us from having or attaining anything. So I read in the Bible this story years ago about this guy who was disabled and he read in the chapters that he was healed. So he went to the pulpit and he said in front of all these thousands of people, I am healed, blah, blah, blah. And uh, obviously he was completely paralyzed. But three months later, he actually completely healed his body and he got the, the um, his legs, uh, the use of his legs and everything else. And obviously I worked with Dr. Joe Dispenza as well for a long, long time. And he obviously healed the whole of his body as well. So he was completely from his neck down paralyzed, said that he would never walk again. And within three months, he completely retrained his body. He gave his body a blueprint of how to mend itself and then walked out of that hospital. Now he shows people how to heal themselves every day. Blind people, people that are deaf. So it's it, So I then done the same thing to myself. So I was bulimic for 10 years. And like I said, I was about five and a half stone. Um, my organs were all completely messed up and I could feel my own body was dying because like I said you it's a sensation in your body I could feel my organs were shutting down and then my family didn't even know that I was bulimic to be honest no one knew I hid it so well but I've been making myself sick maybe four or five times a day so I read in the bible this chapter and I tried everything I tried therapy I tried a lot of things nothing worked so I've, I've done mirror work. So mirror work is when you literally stand in front of a mirror and you look into your own eyes because your eyes are the windows of your soul. And I commanded that I was healed. So I told myself, I mean, don't, you have to use words that resonate with you. That's why when they say use affirmations and things, you can't use affirmations you don't believe in. You have to have words that you really believe in. So for me, because I was brought up in church, and I really believed in the words of Jesus Christ and things. I used that because it was powerful for me to like connect with. So I remember looking in the mirror and I'd say, I command you, Bulimia, to leave my body in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, I dispel you from my body. Uh, within two days that Bulimia had left my body completely. And I never, I was, wasn't sick again after that. It literally, it sounds really bizarre, but it left every single, there was no trace of it left within me. But then, Three weeks after that, I bumped into somebody who used to abuse me and straight away the trigger 
then triggered me back to being bulimic again. And I thought, okay, I'm not going to have this. So I'm going to go back to the mirror and do it again. And this time it never worked. The difference was because I didn't believe it the second time. The first time I wanted it, the second time, excuse the language, but I felt like a piece of shit. So I didn't believe I was worthy of being healed. So I had to go back and do the cleaning up act on myself. And when I got back into a place of strength and I said it again, that was, I mean, I haven't been bulimic for seven, eight, 10 years now. So that's completely gone. So mirror work is really, really empowerful. You can say it, you know, even if you're, I don't know, like if you, if you, even if you've got a cold, I mean, it doesn't matter what you have, you can just command yourself and and it does work. And people think it's just a load of rubbish, but it's not, it's very, very powerful. That's amazing how you could do that because I've heard some people mentioning that and I'm like, but I've never heard of anyone who actually did it and it worked on them. That's remarkable. Well, the reason it works as well, if you think about it, is that, you know, we think of ourselves as being really insignificant, insignificant little beings, but we're not. We're very, very powerful. And we have all the power inside of ourselves. We're just not taught how to resurrect it. So we're always looking and praying outside of ourselves externally. But that's not where anything happens. It's inside. So you have to command it inside of yourself and you can make miracles. They say miracles. It's not a miracle. It's just you aligning with yourself. That's all it is. But we're just not taught that way. That is incredible. I mean, it just fascinates me because it's, whoa, (laughs) whoa, I'm just mind blown by you, your story, and just, you're just a rock star, Mimi, truly, truly you are. And I love what you're up to in the book. Like the answer is you, it truly is. Everyone yeah. always seems to look outside of themselves and like society seems to tell you you're so broken. No, you're not. Yeah. You yeah. just don't have the resources to know yeah. how powerful you actually are. And if you yeah. do have those, then you're limitless. Yeah. And there's too, I think sometimes there's too much information out in the world. You know, I, I love, like I said, I love the analogy, keep it simple, stupid, because it's simple. You know, everything is coming from us, everything. All pain and suffering we do to ourselves, even though we might not know how we're doing it. But we're always like holding on to things that happened to us in the past and the stories that we're telling ourselves about it. Change your story, you change your life, you know, change the meaning you give to everything because your parents might have done something bad to you when you was a child or something might have happened, but they're only acting on, on the knowledge and information they had at that time. So, you know, you can change any aspect of your life within a second, you know, and people say, oh, it takes months or three months, six months. I work with a client one time, maybe twice. I never see them again. And they're instantaneously changed. I worked with a lady who had so much abuse in her life and she had tried to commit suicide so many times. I was called in to see her and she didn't want to see me, but in the end she agreed. I think we sat on the floor together for three hours and she completely transformed her life because it's, energy it's a shift it's what you're focusing on so you know transformation doesn't have to take years when people tell me they've been in therapy for five ten years I'm like what the hell it's mad I don't even understand what these people are talking about you know they just must love spending their money because it's crazy wow Mimi that's unbelievable I mean three hours three hours wow because it's literally just you're not working in their energy either you're working in my energy it's my energy so when somebody comes to me, I just see them whole and complete. I see them as they are, not with the pain or not with any of the things they're telling me about. So my job 
is to basically eliminate everything that's going on in their head, all the stories they're telling themselves, and then create the vision of where they, what they want and where they want to go, and then show them how to get there. That's it. You know, we're letting, letting go of the past and recreating a whole new life. I love that, Mimi. And like, what would be some advice that you would give for anybody, especially the reluctant ones, right? That are like, you know, that are in this space of I'm not worthy or, you know, they know that they need to change, but they don't know how. What would be some advice? Yeah, it's just like I say, it's all a pattern. You know, it's just a vibration. And it's not even with our head, you know, we're taught change your mindset. It's not to do with your mind. It's to do with your body. Your body is conditioned. So if you've been feeling a certain way all your life, if you've been feeling worthless, if you've been feeling like a piece of shit, if you've been, if you've got that feeling of depression or whatever emotion you have memorized, it's inside your body. So it becomes like a drug. You need it. You have to feel it every day because that's what you're addicted to. So that's why it's really important for you to really have a vision of a new life of, with those new emotions attached to it, because that's the only way you let go of the emotion that you have become addicted to. And, and you, it's like a drug addict, uh, you know, somebody who's got an alcohol problem. You'll do anything to get that fixed. It's the same with the emotion. If you feel unworthy, you're going to find people to give you that fix to, to basically to show you the, the reasons why you feel unworthy. So it's all about making a decision to, to really make that change and to know you're worth it and to understand that life's so, it's fleeting. We don't, we, we think we've got forever and we haven't. We don't know, we've got no fixed timeline. So why would you live one life, one day, being miserable and unhappy? You know, choose to live a different life and be happy and make the most of it. Amen. Amen, sister. <laughs> I 100% agree with you. And, and, the, and that's the hardest part, right? Is getting someone to, to that step. And it's like, and realizing everything that you just mentioned. I mean, it's critical. It's critical. Yeah. I mean, it's just breaking those patterns are always the hardest, hardest, hardest part, especially, yeah. you know, like I, I have people in my life that, you know, they've been stuck in this consistent pattern for such a long time. And it's like, what advice would you give them? to really step out of that box yeah I think it's energy as well as the environment is king as well if you're around a certain environment you know it's very hard because your environment and your family always remind you of who you are so sometimes you have to sort of like you know journaling is really good like you know for me really like it's you have to have the awareness and you have to want to change because you can be in the crappiest environments but as long as you learn to master yourself then it doesn't really matter. The environment then it becomes an excuse. Of course, it's great to be in a, an environment that's really productive and stuff, but you can always find a tribe. There's so many things now online. There's so many groups. Stop, you know, especially with women. You know, women love to meet up with other women and moan and bitch and whine. Like, what is the point? Nothing's going to change. So find groups that are inspiring. Read books. You know, listen to podcasts. There's so much stuff out there that can sort of like expand your knowledge and your mindset and make you feel good. Listen to impactful music. Go walking in nature. There's so much that you can do to raise your energy because that's all it's about is raising your energy, building that momentum. And then once you build it, once you start feeling great, you don't want to go back to feeling crap anymore. So it's finding those people on, on, a, you know, on a similar mindset to you on the same journey as yourself. Amen. Amen. I mean, that environment is everything. I mean, I just learned recently too, that your DNA can mutate based on environment, which yeah. is insane. And I'm like, we're energetic beings. Here we are. Yeah. 
literally totally. what you put yourself around like now it's scientifically proven what more do you yeah. want <laughs> yeah i mean it's scientifically proven that you could take a child with no cancer and put them in a family with cancer and that child will pick up those genes because like you said everything you know the, our minds and our bodies are so so powerful you know and if you don't learn to use this this machine it's just a piece of junk but when you learn to program it then you can have the most amazing life you know and and you can and life is supposed to be amazing but you know we're, we're living in a world as well that's very dark and you know, I really believe that we're fed so much darkness, so much, no, turn the bloody telly off. I don't watch TV. I don't read the papers. I don't want to know about any of that stuff, you know, because I think we're fed that stuff to keep us all prisoned, you know, and easy to be controlled. So create the life you want to live, you know, like create the life you want to live and go live it. I love it. 100% agree with you. And it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I always say like, you master your mind, you master your life. You yeah. learn how to program this thing. It's like, you know, release anything that's happened in the past, you know, and just keep going and keep plugging forward and you can attract yeah. and be whoever it is that you want to be. And that's yeah, you, I think you can either live in a victim mentality. Most people live in survival. So there is always poor me, you know, like, well, you don't understand. Like, you know, this happened to me when I was five or this happened. I say, well, tell me something I don't know. I've, I've been there and I've done it. Yeah, but you don't understand. We've all got, we've all been through stuff in life. Every single person. But use as a bounce off. Okay, crap happens to you. But what did what does that what has that made you realize that you want? You know, I was working with a girl the other day. She's so beautiful, and she kicked me in all these dead end men. And she's like, but they keep breaking my heart. They don't want me. And I said, well, they're rejecting you because you're rejecting yourself. Until you start loving yourself and realizing that you don't actually have to be with anyone. No one can complete you. Only you can complete you. And I think. Until you fill up all those voids inside of yourself. So if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling like you need someone to love you, you've got to go inside and give yourself that love. You've got to make yourself feel happy. And then you have no void. You haven't, you're not looking for someone to complete you. Then when you meet someone, you're meeting someone because they're, it's a completely different energy, you know, and you're just having fun together. And if it doesn't last, it doesn't matter. You had an amazing time together. So I think it's so important. You've got to find yourself. You've got to know yourself and love yourself first. 100,000%. 100,000%. 100, and maybe this is my favorite question ever, but <laughs> what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? You've dropped a bunch of gems from now. So I'm like excited to see which one you choose. <laughs> I would say, do you know what? Stop taking life so seriously. Just have fun. Stop being criti critical of yourself. You know, stop worrying about what other people think about you. Who gives a shit what anyone thinks about you? As long as you like yourself, as long as you're happy with yourself, you know, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you or says about you. The only thing that matters is about how you feel about yourself. And stop being so serious. Just have fun in life. Life is meant to be fun. You know, I look at my grandchildren and they remind me every day what life is about. They jump out of bed and every day is a fresh new day. What exciting stuff can happen today? We jump out of bed and we're like, God, how boring, because we can predict already what's gonna happen. So, you know, have fun, get back, you know, go, you know, take your shoes off and go walking in the mud and do, be silly, you know, but have fun and be young again. I love it, Mimi. Thank you so much for that. I adore that. And I, I just want to know, like, what's up in your world in the next six to 12 months? I'm so interested. You're so fascinating. <laughs> 
Um, well, at the moment, I'm just um, I'm, I'm doing a course at the moment and I'm promoting a, a couple of masterclasses that I'm doing. And I'm, I, I really want to start empowering a lot more women. I really, really, it's really important to me to teach them how to master their minds, their emotions, and to really learn to start to love themselves and to become whole within themselves. Stop looking for external things to feel and to make them feel good about themselves. And I think, you know, especially being a woman that was broken and that was always looking for external fixes, you know, I've really realized that, you know, as mothers, we need to be the people that are strong, that have our mindsets intact, so that we can then make our children whole and complete and give them the foundations to become good fathers and, you know, and fathers or wives or, you know, independent or whatever they want to be in life, rather than coming from a place of brokenness. I think it's really important that we all come from a place of strength. So, yeah, for me now, it's literally just bettering myself every single day. I'm writing another book, doing some more courses and just really promoting my courses and bits and pieces really so and just getting out in the world and making a difference I really want to make a difference in the world you are incredible Mimi and now where can everybody find you oh so Instagram Mimi London on Instagram and my website again is London. my book is on my website and on Amazon but um yeah, I just like to say really to every anyone that's out there that's struggling or suffering or anything, you know, just just realize that we have 24 hours each and every day to wake up and press the reset button on our lives. 24 hours. And any moment in life, you can decide to make that change. Any time. It doesn't matter about your circumstances. It doesn't matter who you're with. Everything is an internal job. So even if you're in an abusive relationship, if if you're in in a job that you can't stand or whatever the external environment is, everything is an internal job. You change from the inside then your externals will change as well. So um. I love it, Mimi. I 100% agree with you. And I just, I loved and adored our conversation. You are such a rock star in many different realms. And I'm so, so grateful to have you here today. You are such a blessing to this world. So just know your dream, your dream that you had as a kid is now alive. Well, oh, thank you so much. You're, you're absolutely amazing as well. You know, I think you're, you know, you're such an inspiration and such an inspiration to so many people. So thank you so much for having me this evening. It's been an honor to talk to you as well. Thank, thank you, so, you much. so much. Thank you, Mimi. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day with Pamela herself in Boston, Massachusetts. Be sure to go to theunderdogshow.com and pick up a copy of Pamela's free gift and join us on the next episode.